And again, you're listening to Arts on Fire here on WRFA. Jason Sample in the studio with you. And for this portion of our program, we continue our ongoing series of talking with local and regional artists from throughout the Chautauqua region with a conversation with Bill Disbro, who's joining us via telephone. Uh, Bill, thanks for taking time out and talking with us today. Very good. Thank you for calling. Yeah, happy to talk with you. And and obviously, we are doing the series to talk with local artists and uh, share more details about the work they do, where people can find their work, and perhaps what inspired them as well. I, I think some of our listeners might be familiar with who you are, and this might be a good place to begin with, is that you are um, retired from Jamestown Community College, uh, but you, you have quite an extensive background in not only being an artist, but also as an educator. So I, I thought that might be a good place to start is... is Given us some details about uh, being an educator, uh, specifically uh, some of details about your professional life here in the Jamestown community, and uh, what, what you've done to help others pursue art in the community. Uh, that, that's a, a good place to start, and, it, and it's uh, always uh, complicated because there's a lot of, a lot of different issues going on. Um, as, a, as a professional artist, uh, you, I was always concerned about what I'm doing in the classroom, uh, what I'm doing with students, but also I'm concerned about what I'm doing uh, in my own production, my own work. And in um, my my background was was kind of interesting in that I uh, was trained as a a sculptor, uh, masters in uh, bronze casting and. Uh, a lot of work in ceramics, and um, as I got involved in in, in teaching, uh, of course, that's what I was basically teaching. Um, I I have never taught a, a painting course, for example, uh, and yet uh, since I'm retired, I've been doing exclusively painting uh, and learning that. Um, as a as really a new experience for me, so it's been a very educational uh, experience for me in the last fifteen years or so, doing something new, uh, and that that's a, a whole different ball game to talk about. But um, back in uh, 1970, I was the first full time artist hired by uh, JCC and uh, set up the the art program there at the college. Um, Bill Waite, another local artist, has been teaching there and continued to teach there on a part-time basis for years. Um, Bill is, uh, is a good friend of mine, and uh, he helped a lot in, in the early years there at the, uh, at the college as we developed that uh, program. And, and I, um, I, I, was a, uh, I was a student at JCC back in the mid-90s, and I took uh, some photography there, and I had friends that took art as well. But I can't remember if the, um, the component that you taught, I would imagine you taught pottery and bronze sculpting. That, that was still in place back in, in the 90s, and I, I think there's still, it's still there in some capacity even today, right? That's correct. So you, yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, oh my, the, the whole issue now of what's going on in, at the college, uh, as in all education, is what, what's going to happen? How are you going to teach? Particularly if you think about art as being a very hands-on experience, how in the world can you teach that um, on the Internet? Uh, there are some things that can happen, and of course the history and the appreciation that can continue, but the actual production 
um, handling clay for crying out loud, working in a ceramic studio. Uh, how uh, how are you going to do that? Uh, oh, this is just a a really difficult time um, from my view as an art instructor. But you know, think about all the other uh, courses that uh, are going on and all oh, the difficulty. Um, this is a huge change for our culture. Um, and the whole issue is how are we going to be able to handle it? Uh, very difficult. Right, tough to get you get your arms around and how to approach it. And it really isn't, I think, any, uh, any magic bullet that's going to uh, solve the problem. I'm sure there's, you know, different measures that would have to be taken depending on what type of education is going to be uh, pursued and even what type of art education is being pursued. I, I know with music... I learned music just by watching videos online, but as you noted, when it comes to pottery and a lot of the more hands-on type of uh, art, you, you really do need to be physically present to uh, make the most out of the uh, the opportunity to be educated or to educate someone else, that's for sure. So so we're doing these series, and, and I, I wanted to obviously talk and, and give our listeners an opportunity to know that you have an extensive background in not only being an artist, but in art education. And, and just to uh, focus primarily on what you're doing Currently, as, as you noted, you've gotten away somewhat from sculpting and pottery and are focusing more on, on being a painter and a visual artist, right? That's correct, yes. What made you decide to uh, make that transition? Was it just retirement and wanting to try something new after spending so much time doing what you uh, were doing as a professional? Uh, yes. Uh, that, I guess that's the big reason. Um, I was always, uh, drawing, of course, was always important for whatever I was working in. Um, drawing as being, as I used to tell students, uh, drawing is the is the first way to get from fantasy to reality. Uh, instead of just thinking about it, it's out there in front of you, and then you respond to that. But anyway, taking the drawing and and going further, and then putting it into painting, um, gets into all kinds of issues that uh, I've had to consider. Um, when I was in art school, for example, I. I wasn't interested in painting at all because uh, painting was was an illusion, and uh, I didn't I didn't want that to deal with that at all. I wanted the real stuff. I wanted to handle it. I wanted to feel it and and experience the the building of it, the putting together of it. But uh, as I'm getting into painting and have been getting into it, uh, there's some real issues that are are just very exciting to me. Um, the idea of of mimicry, um, the the tension that is there between mimicking what whatever you're looking at and self-expression. How do you deal with the you know how much how real should it look? How real? Um, yeah. How how important is that? Is that important at all? And and again, this is coming from from somebody who went through art school when abstract expressionism was the way of making art. If uh, I can remember some art students coming in uh, back in the 1960s in the art school, and they were very realistic. Uh, a couple of the guys I remember very realistic painters. They were really good. And they lasted about a year in, hmm. in art school, and they dropped out because they, it was a battle. Um, how could they, they weren't going to get trained for what they wanted to do, and so they, they, they just disappeared out of art school. 
And, you know, like if you were going to paint, you painted like an abstract expressionist, which was a lot of fun, um, but um, it didn't get into the mimicry idea at all. Um, I, I, if I could, I'd, I'd like to mention um, there was a book that was published in 2009 by Dennis Dutton, D-U-T-T-O-N, called The Art Instinct. And this was really, when I got this book and read it, um, I, I was long retired by the time I got it, and I thought, boy, this is, is something I wish I had when I was working with students. Um, but it's talking about the, the art, actually art as an instinct of human uh, development. And there's a whole bunch of good ideas in it. It's, uh, he defines what art is. He's got 12 different uh, aspects of what what makes art art and uh, how we view it and how we respond to it and uh, it's just a really interesting uh, uh, gets into the issues of uh, mimicry and uh, and how much how much the viewer has to be able to take from what they're looking at if they don't if they don't identify something in there they they lose the relationship to the work. The work isn't going to do anything for them. They can't relate to it. Um, in, in abstract expressionism, the idea was you're looking at colors, forms, textures, and shapes, and so forth that maybe remind you of uh, a, a, an image or a, an emotion or a particular experience. If you're lucky, that happens. And you, you go from there. But some people, a lot of people, actually, uh, the public, you know, never really caught on to uh, abstract expressionism um, and all the other things that came out of that development, uh, the different movements. But you, you and you can see uh, one of the big uh, challenges there. Uh, look at the uh, career of uh, Andrew Wyeth, a uh, very realistic uh, painter. And in the art world, how was Andrew Wyeth received? Well, it was like there was there were two different battles going on there. Uh, Andrew Wyeth was uh, this great artist. Andrew Wyeth was not an artist at all. He was an illustrator. Well, what is illustration? Uh, illustration is work that is designed to accompany something else. But if you think about it, look at Michelangelo in the Sistine ceiling. Are those merely illustrations? Hmm. They're designed to accompany the Bible. Um, so, you know, what's wrong with illustration? Uh, well, of course, nothing's wrong with illustration. Um, so anyway, it gets into the all of the issues about uh, what what's important, uh, how can people relate to it, uh, or not. You you, uh, you bring up the uh, the abstract movement too, and and I I was thinking as we're having this conversation that one of the one of the issues and challenges I think that the layman has, or the you know the person who just uh, follows art with a, somewhat of a passing interest, but an interest still the same, is that unless you actually know the artist or or the motive behind their their reason for creating uh, subject matter in the way that they did uh, through the, through an abstract method, uh, it, it sort of is hard to connect with that or, or get the overall uh, point of, of what they were trying. 
trying to do. And sometimes that's intentional. Sometimes they want you to draw your own conclusion. But I've always found it's helpful to understand why the artist interpreted a, uh, an object or a subject in such a way as to present it in, in an abstract form and what were their motives behind going in that direction rather than just being shown a painting without any type of background information on the artist and saying, well, what do you think about this? And, and until I know the motives of the artist and what they were thinking, it's hard for me to draw my conclusion. But again, sometimes that, that may be the point, but oftentimes I find it more helpful to know um, wh- where, where they were coming from before I can make uh, my own conclusion on it. You, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, you've got to have some way of connecting to it, or 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 you don't connect to it. You you know, okay, what's next? Let's look at the next thing. Right. Uh, yeah. So so what are you doing right now then? What 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 specifically style of painting are you doing? What what's the medium and what's the subject matter? And and do you try to stick one standard style, or or do you um, really mix it up a little bit? Um, I I've got two really two things that. Uh, that I've been working with as I go on here. Um, I do collage work, and um, if uh, you look at my website, um, you can see that uh, I do a lot of different things, have done a lot of different things. uh, But um, the collage work uh, I've been interested in always because um, every piece of uh, the collage is something that I create. It's either drawing or painting sometimes very complicated painting shapes, and I put them together to uh, to make up the form. And that's kind of a hangover from the sculpture background because I, I have a piece. It's like a, a piece of steel or a piece of uh, ceramic tile that I'm laying in place, and I, I build it piece by piece by piece. And that makes a lot of sense for how I've been working in the past. So I, I have been doing that kind of thing, and I continue to do that. Um, the other thing that I'm really involved in now is, is oil painting, and uh, I, I work in Alcott oils, and um, they they can dry quickly, uh, maybe overnight or in two days they're dry, and then I work with glazes, oil glazes on top of that, and uh, I'm doing uh, quite representational work. Uh, right now, I'm I'm doing a lot of work with uh, with clouds, with sky. Um, and the idea is uh, I want to make that sky as realistic looking as I can. That's the challenge. Um, and, you know, what kind of sky are you talking about? And what, what are the clouds? What's the weather doing? Where's the sun? How much light? Uh, where, which direction is it coming from? And then as you drop down, perhaps most of the painting, um, I work on panel, not on canvas. I don't particularly like canvas because it's um, it's a little fuzzy for me. I, I like the, the hard surface to work on. Hmm. And uh, as you go down the, the painting, then from the, from the large sky, the sky might be two-thirds, three-quarters of the, of the surface. And then you drop down to some landscape and uh, uh, trees and you know, some hills and bushes and whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with that. And the challenge is I, I'm trying to make it as realistic as possible. Looking at some of the um, uh, the older um, 18th century, 19th century uh, landscape work, I, I love I love doing that. I'm looking at I'm looking at your website and, and uh, the the county view that you recently completed on oil on pa- oil on panel is uh, 
indicative, a good example of what you just described of, uh, you know, a lot of focus on the sky, taking up the majority of the piece, but still a lot of detail in the, uh, the land and the landscape as well. Some really beautiful work you have here, Bill, and I, I guess you would expect nothing less from a, uh, an art professor, even if uh, for a time you, you've pro- focused primarily on sculpting and and uh, pottery. I, I, I did want to ask, ask you about the process for making art, too. So, you know, we talked to a lot of musicians here on Arts on Fire, and, and we've been talking to a lot of visual artists, and everybody seems to have their own um, uh, method that they follow when it comes to creating art. Um, some strike while the iron's hot. If they're inspired, then they got to get right into the studio and work on it. Others have a regimented schedule where they try to focus X amount of uh, hours a day or per week in the studio working on their hour, and they try to stick to that schedule. How do you approach making your art? I, I know that obviously being retired, you might have um, a lot of free time on your hands. Do you try to make the most of it, or do, or do you really just try to, to focus when, when uh, inspiration strikes? I, I have... Um, always the production, the creation is, uh, has been very important to me. And I work every day in the studio, uh, several hours every day. Uh, and it's, and I might have several, usually have several projects going on at once. Uh, something is drying and, uh, I'll be working on this or I'm going to start a new painting on this. Uh, so I, I work every day. Um, right now, uh, a number of friends and fa- uh, family and so forth know that I'm a, an Alzheimer caregiver. And so that takes a lot of time. But once uh, things are pretty settled, why I'll uh, come into the studio and, and work for a couple hours. And I do that. Uh, usually I'll, I'll be able to do that in the morning. And then uh, sometimes in the evening I'll, I'll be working there also. Does the painting let you know when it's completed, or do you try to set a goal to say, I, I want to uh, spend X hours of day or of time on this painting, and then I'll know it's done? Uh, that's interesting. Uh, um, you, you usually get to the point where, okay, that's, that's it. That's the best I can do. Um, there's nothing else. And, and, and as one of the person that uh, I've been learning from, uh, you put the brushes down. Brushes down, that's it. And you, and you walk away from it, which gets into another interesting idea. Um, the the um, well, a lot of well, I I have a, a a problem with once I finish a piece, I'm not satisfied with it, and it's it's um, I, so I have to go on to the next one and make it better. And and so there's always this idea that whatever I've done, it's it's not quite as good as what was in my head. So I've, I've got to go on and, and make it better. I've got to solve the problem. I have to do it over again, and which also gets into an interesting problem about if you're, if you're commercially working and you're working with a gallery and the gallery is successfully selling your work, um, they, they don't want to see too much of a change uh, because you've developed some kind of a market for this look and now you're starting to change it wait a minute, this is not going to work. So there's, I can remember stories of uh, gallery owners saying that they would periodically go through their, their artist studios and they would gather work and get it out of there <laughs> because uh, artists sometimes um, casually handle their work or even destroy it if they're, they look back on it. Well, this is a couple months old and uh, I don't really like that, so I'm going to paint over it. Um, and, and, you know, so the gallery owners want to get it out of there. That's 
uh, always an interesting problem. A very common problem and challenge of the artist being their own worst critic, I would imagine. Exactly. So your, your training, you talked a little bit about the, uh, the book that you've read to help really steer you in the direction you're, you're currently at, the Dennis Dutton book, uh, Art Instinct. But uh, is there other ongoing training or education you're, you're doing to help you paint, or is it really just an uh, organic process that you've picked up over the years? Oh, no. What I have uh, learned uh, a lot from my, uh, my children telling me about uh, um, YouTube and so I've been on YouTube the last really couple years, and I found a couple sources for for painting, a landscape painting, portrait painting, uh, that are just phenomenal. Um, there's uh, there's particularly one young uh, artist from New Zealand by the name of Andrew Tischler, and if people are interested in watching a phenomenally realistic painter work. Uh, go to his website, Andrew Tischler, T-I-S-C-H-L-E-R.com. And this, this fellow is just tremendous. You can't believe uh, what he's wearing. And it's just fun to watch him work. If you're interested in, in painting, uh, get onto this guy's website and, and look at what he's doing. It's just really interesting. So I've learned a lot uh, just by, by that. Um, and, and also... Um, interesting things like uh, I never heard of a, of a brush company, uh, a painting brush company um, in, in England, um, Rosemary and Coates. And, uh, in fact, a lot of painters in this country have, hasn't heard from about that. And uh, I, I bought some brushes from them, and, my gosh, they are really they're, they're terrific. Um, it's just an interesting uh, thing to pick up all of you watch other people paint you look at their studios you see how they're, what their lighting is like what tools they're using um, you know what paints what what media uh, and and you can learn a lot on YouTube so so are you inspired by other artists have of other artists seeing their work impacted what you create oh yeah oh absolutely who are some uh, of them? it's a challenge you you you, you want to uh, you know, man, I want to paint water and water reflections like Andrew can do it. It's you know, it's a it's just amazing. Or or sky or trees or texture or whatever. But then again, that gets into the mimicry part of it. How much of of that is important? Um, what do you want to say about that tree or that sky? Um, and and how how realistic does it have to be? Uh, is, more realism is that better? I mean, so that's the issue, that all, all painters have to decide how to handle that. When, when it comes to your own work, do you find other people comparing your work to other popular artists? Mm, I don't, I'm not aware of that. Well, I don't, uh, actually, I, I don't have that much contact anymore with, with the public. Um, uh, I mean, I, I work with Leslie Calamari at the Chautauqua Art Gallery, uh, she handles my work, uh, and you know, that's really about the the only contact that I have anymore. So I, I don't really, I, I don't hear any of that. Okay, all right. I, is there a particular piece or series of work that you are most proud of? Mm, that that would depend on what medium we're talking about. You know, ceramics or outdoor sculpture um, or welded pieces. Uh, I mean. It, it, 
no. So I don't have a particular piece, no. Sort of, sort of like uh, children, right? We don't, we can't pick one over the others. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right on. Right. Let, let's talk about just art in general. Why do you think art is important in our community? Oh boy, especially now, um, if if art is a device that can take us to a different place. Uh, we need that, desperately need that now, particularly now. Uh, whatever, whatever that place may be for each of us as individuals, uh, it, it gives us a chance to, to, to create uh, even a temporary reality for us, and that's very important. Um, give us, gives us a chance to have some new experiences and, and to... Um, Make us, make us, allow us to become more aware of how we feel, how other people feel, uh, how how we relate to to others. Uh, I mean, everything is is going on in in the arts, and, and the more we can experience that, the the better we're going to get. All right, and what do you hope people will get from seeing your artwork? A lot of. A lot of uh, peaceful, contemplative senses, I guess. I, I, you know, it's just a, uh, again, it's a, um, something that's, that's peaceful, restful, and, and gives something pleasant to think about. I think that's the best we can offer, I can offer now. All right. And, and just my, my final question was, where can people find your artwork and, and learn more? about you as an artist. I know you have a website and, and what you also have some work for sale and on display at Leslie's shop in Lakewood, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other, my website is disbroart.com and uh, that would be the place to see my background and the different uh, media that I've worked in. Super. And if people want to purchase your artwork, they can go to the, uh, the gallery and, and do that as well. And, and you even have some uh, work still on display here in the community, or at least I know of one piece, a sculptor you did fairly recently. What That's at, uh, a, U, I want to say WCA, we all do, uh, UPMC Chautauqua, right? That's correct, in the emergency room, yes. All right. Very good. I, uh, I think all my questions are, are satisfied for today, Bill. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Is there anything else you want to add? No, that's good. I, I appreciate the chance to talk about my work. Yes, thank you. We're happy to share details about your work. And uh, again, you know, showcasing uh, artists in our community is something uh, I think is very important. Uh, we focus a lot of time on, on the music and even the theater here uh, because, you know, radio being such an audible uh, uh, media. But but visual artists is, is really something that we need to focus on, especially now. And I'm so happy to spend time and talk with you and share some of your your story and your experiences with our listeners. So thank you very much, Bill Disbro, for uh, talking with us today. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.